Hello there, SDCCE Gateway Podcast. My name is Alfredo Chavez, peer mentor and host of this podcast. I want to welcome you back to another one of our episodes and on this occasion to a very special series to celebrate Black History Month of February 2023. I am very excited. We're going to have three special guests um, coming up uh, this month, so stay tuned for more information. Um, But to give a little bit more details about what the program actually is, a Gateway is a program direction towards English language learners, immigrants, and refugees from the ages of 16 to 24. Uh, we help get into college with all the, uh, that the process entails uh, of doing that. We also help with a career advancement. So if you need any uh, sort of assistance in that area, feel free to reach out to one of us or to go comment down in the comment section and we'll be more than happy to reach out to you and try to provide um, our services for all qualifying students. But with that being said, we are going to get started with this episode, and today we're starting off uh, this special series with our very own Dean Stephanie Lewis. How are you doing, Dean? I am well. How are you today? Good, good. It's very uh, nice to have you today, and well, uh, we're just going to get right into it. Um, First of all, you know, we just want to know more about you. uh, Tell us about yourself, right? Who is Dean Lewis? Who is Dean Lewis? Let's see. Um, I'm a mom, Okay. so I have a daughter. I have only one child. She is my heartbeat. She is the reason why I do a lot of things. Um... I try to do a lot so that she can know all of the things that she can become. Mm. So I'm that role model for her. Um, I live in L.A. People, I always tell people that, and everyone's like, what? You live in L.A.? And I do commute every day. So you know that this must be dear to my heart yeah. because I get up and I come here every day. And um, when I come, I'm trying to do my best, right? Um, let's see. I have a degree in uh, child development. I graduated from Cal State Northridge. Um, college was not my thing. Let me just <laughs> say that again. College was not my thing. Um, I went to San Jose State when I graduated from high school on the EOPS um, scholarship. And so I encourage students to take advantage of everything. EOPS saved me. It let me go to school. Um, it was my first time being away from home. I was the youngest person in the dorms. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. Um, and I just pretty much failed out my first year. And it wasn't because um, I couldn't do it. It was just like, Oh my God, this is what college is all about. Let me go hang out. Let me go party. Let me go do this. Um, Had to get focused. So I realized that I needed to come home to become focused to do that. Um, I I started working. um, I went to school in Northridge and I started working for Medicare for 14 years, writing guidelines for Medicare, going around the country, training doctors how to do that. And then I thought one day, this is not what I want to do with my life. Um, And then I started teaching. And then I've been in education where I should have been from the beginning ever since. I have had every kind of major. And I'm saying all this because sometimes students think that they need to be focused when they go to college, that they need to know what they want to do. You're not going to know what you want to do. I think I had seven majors. um, And every one of them was like, "Uh, nope, can't do that. Nope, can't do that. Um, And then somewhere you had to deal with the realities of being an African American trying to go into a profession that there was not a lot of African-Americans right. in and no one supporting you, that there's no one that looks like you, no one supporting you. So just doing all those things. But I'm very resilient and um, very competitive. So um, that goal to always be the best sometimes is good and sometimes bad, but it drives me. And started teaching and um, was very lucky that I had people in my life who were like, you know what, it's time for you to move to the next step. It's time for you to move to the next step. Because sometimes we don't see what other people see in us. Mm-hmm and um, became an assistant principal and then became a principal and then um, I got my master's. I didn't think I would ever get my master's because 
when I graduated from college, that was the goal, master's doctorate. And then I have my daughter, and so she becomes more important than right. what I have for me. And so I had to put all those things on the back burner. And so I was finally able, when she got to high school, to go get my master's. And now I am exactly three weeks away from completing my doctorate. Wow. So I am so excited about Round being Dr. Lewis, but more excited about her calling me Dr. Mom. So that's kind of <laughs> who Stephanie is. Um, I bowl, I'm a, a, a great bowler, um, and I like to bowl. I love Disneyland, I love the villains. Mm. Um, you can't have a princess without a villain. So I believe that the villains are necessary for Disney. Um, I love Adidas. I wear Adidas everywhere. Everybody knows that. Today I don't have on Adidas, which was shocking for me. So that's just it, that's just who I am. That's who I am, I think, yeah. And ju just to attest to her passion as well, <laughs> this program is based in San Diego, and she lives all the way in L.A., uh, so it, it, it's a bit of a drive, if I do say so myself. Uh, but you know what? It's a good drive, because in the morning, I get to see nature at its best. Mm. So when I start, it's dark, and by the time I get here, it's light. So I get to see the sun come up. I get to see the sun go down. So it's really an interesting job. It allows me to um, unwind and, you know, just... By the time I get home, I don't have all the stress of the job, you know, because I've had that time to drive and just really think and talk to people and just kind of just be in my own space for a little while, which is good. Right, yeah, because what, everything that you do is, uh, I can imagine, is such a weight on your shoulders, really. Sometimes. Because um, you, uh, you're dean of uh, college career transitions, Correct. right? Um, tell us a little bit about that. What is it, some of the stuff that you do? So the Dean of College and Career Transition, when I got this job, it didn't exist. Um, one of the reasons they hired me was to build this program. And the Career and College Transition is a program that supports students as they go through their journey here in their career CTE programs to get a job. So we work with students to help them um, gain job readiness skills, interviewing, resume. We help them get connected to employers. We bring employers on site. We do career fairs. We do uh, career spotlights. And we've really built a program from nothing to probably one of the best programs. I am so proud of this program. I have three job placement specialists and one job case manager, and they do the work, right? And even when we were in the pandemic, we couldn't stop. So they were still working to get students connected to jobs, to get them connected to employers in San Diego. So that's important to me, right? Because every student, when they go to school, whether it's a non-credit or a credit, the goal is to get a job, right. right? That's the goal, right? So we get to help be a part of that, and that's really what I love about career and college transition. But then also, I get to oversee Gateway, mm -hmm. Um, and I love Gateway. I loved Gateway the minute that uh, Dr. Cortez introduced me to it. One of the reasons that it became part of my program was because of my background and being a principal and working with Opportunity Youth, um, not only in LA Unified, but also at Job Corp, because I worked for Job Corp for four years mm -hmm. working with Opportunity Youth. So it was suited for me to come and start working with this program. Love this program because, again, it's all about how you help a student, how you support a student, right? And besides all of the... the um, the requirements, at the end of the day, when you see a student graduate, or you see a student get a job, or you see a student finish a class, that's it. That's, that's the golden part of the program, right? Um, and then I also get to oversee the Apprenticeship Readiness Program, which is another program that we work. It's a 12-week program that allows people of color and women and um, we have deaf students in our program to be connected to the unions and the apprenticeships, wow. something that they were never able to do before, right? So we're changing the face of construction one student at a time, right? Um, working with that program. And then I also get to oversee the CE Promise. And the CE Promise is 
For most students graduating from high school, they can go to community college free for two years with the Promise program. But the students here at CE, some of them have already graduated. College was not their first choice. They had to go work. They started families. They come back to like dip their foot back into college. They come here. They can earn certificates. They can go into our career pathways. But then they think, I really can do this. I'm ready to go to college. And so we have an opportunity to provide them with the Promise scholarship for them to go to college, even though they already have a high school diploma and they've been out of high school for a while. I love that program because it gives students the opportunity to see what they can do on the other side of CE, right? How they can fulfill their dreams and make all their stuff go through. So yeah, for me, those are my programs. And I'm always like, Dr. Carter, what other program can you give me? Because I mean, you know, yeah. I love it. Student success is like my thing. I'm really seriously passionate about seeing students graduate. And make so you would say that your motor is seeing other people excel at themselves. My motive is seeing students who people have forgotten about, mm -hmm. gave up on, um, and then seeing them believe in themselves and get to that point, right? Um, kids who went to school and people said, you're not smart enough, you can't do this, you can't. Young people hear what they can't do all the time, but people don't tell them what they can do. Not everyone goes to Stanford, not everyone goes to UCLA, not everybody starts out at UCSD, SDSU. Everybody doesn't start there. You have to find a place that's comfortable for you. And one of the things that I like about CE, it allows students to have that starting place, right? Mm -hmm. Come and find out what you like. And so we get to be a part of that. We get to help to build a student's dreams. If they want to be a plumber, be a plumber. Plumbers make a lot of money. Yeah. So on a Sunday, call a plumber to your house. That's $200 an hour, easily. So mm -hmm. we don't step on people's dreams. We encourage them mm -hmm. to um, dream. And Dr. Um, Cortez used to say, we believe in students until they believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And then even after they believe in themselves, we're there to support them a whole year or so after they go. Um, you guys know to be somewhere in the city and you see somebody whose life you changed. I mean, let's talk about it, Freddie, you. You were a Gateway student, and now here you are part of our staff, and you are helping make students' dreams come true the same way we kind of helped you. And you get to do it because you understand it. And I think that's what's important. Even for me, you know, I'm the first person in my family to go to college and graduate. Um, my daughter is the second. Um, I have a brother who will never go to school. He just does not like it. He got his high school diploma, said I'm done, but he's very good with his hands. We're both equally mm -hmm. um, talented, but equally different, right? And so it's important that somebody can support both of those. Somebody can support the dream of, I just want to go learn how to work with my hands, and then the, I want to go and get a doctorate. Whatever mm -hmm. the goal is, that's what we're here for, and that's what, that's what drives me, helping people make their dreams come right. true. And that's also part of the, mm -hmm. our vision, right, of keeping everything equitable, of keeping exactly. everything accessible to anybody who wants to come in exactly. and receive these resources. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's interesting that, that you mentioned, because growing up in a small town, or, uh, USA, right, mm -hmm. I grew up in a small town in Oregon, with a population with probably about four to 5,000 people. We had one stoplight that didn't work half of the time. <laughs> Right. And I, I remember I was uh, one of the first I was actually the first person mm -hmm. of color in my elementary school, in my kindergarten class. And I remember back then I still I remember my kindergarten year vividly because I wasn't allowed to go out to play right. with the other students. I was kept inside. So I was since I was kept inside later on, the T.A. spoke out and I'm. I love her to this day. She mm -hmm. got the other person where she had to be, and I was able to even learn English through playing with the other kids. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, going through these experiences, it really does 
narrowed down our mind because of all you know traumas mm -hmm. and past experiences. But then, as soon as I came onto CE campus, and I, they, I even remember the counselor, Counselor Roy. Right. He, I remember he said, "If you're 18 or six, back then it was 18 mm -hmm. to 24, and um, you're eligible to work in the U.S., go up there to the office and." talk to them, they're gonna hook you up. And I said, hey, all right. I walked up here and my life has changed ever since. And that's what we're about, right? Changing lives. And I think that we all carry these suitcases um, and we, we carry so much burdens of what we can't do and what we've been told we cannot um, be. Um, I grew up in, so I, I was born in LA, but I grew up with my, I lived with my grandmother when I was growing up. And I lived in Ashdown, Arkansas. And people say, where is that? And it's like, it's nowhere, it's one, paved highway it's known for being a paper mill because wow. everybody grows up to go work in the paper mill i didn't want to grow up to go work in a paper mill like really the paper mill no that's not my dream um so just really allowing people the ability the platform to dream and then having people say okay let's let's see how we can make that happen exactly. right that's what's important. Exactly. That's what you know. That's the focus of this program. And now, uh, with that being said about this program, how is it that Gateway came to be? So Gateway mm -hmm. um, was here when I got here. I got here in January 2019, mm -hmm. and Gateway was actually the dream child of Dr. Cortez. Wow. And Dr. Cortez, um, he really believed like I, that there are so many barriers put in front of students. Um, when you're a young mother and you're, you know, you're struggling and you have children, it's, it's always you're kind of pushed to the side. When you're a young man and maybe you've been gang affiliated, you're pushed to the side. When you're a young person and you've been just as informed, you're pushed to the side. When, when math is not your thing, you're pushed to the side. And so Dr. Cortez really wanted a program that would support and provide wraparound services from everything, from the moment they walk in the door to the moment they leave. And that's wraparound services with, okay, we need to help you pay your rent. We need to go get on the bus with you and show you how to ride the bus from this point to this point. Whatever it is, that was his dream. And so that's how Gateway came about. And we do it in conjunction with an organization called Achieving the Dream. Mm -hmm. Throughout the United States, it's achieving, uh, achieving the Dream is usually in high schools. But Dr. Cortez was visionary enough to say, we're going to have this on this college campus. Wow. And we're going to provide this for these students coming here. And we're going to get students who would never walk onto a college campus onto a college campus. So that's how Gateway came about. Um, when I first got here, we could serve all students. It didn't matter who you were, as long as you were 18 to 24. We've kind of pivoted. Um, mm -hmm. The Gateway uh, youth model has challenged, changed a little bit, and so now we're uh, population specific um, and so we can only serve students who are ELL immigrant or refugee which kind of makes it hard because you have to turn students away right, right. if they don't meet that that demographic so that can be difficult and challenging because that population is challenging right mm -hmm. those are people who are coming here for the first time um, they're still trying to figure it out they're still trying to figure out where they where they fit in so today they're here tomorrow they're not because this was not the best place I need to go here I need to go there mm -hmm. they're moving around so it's a it's a it's a challenging um, population but like any other population when we support a student and we can get them to the um, finish line like Evan yeah um, when we can get Evan through his his high set we all jump for joy because here's this kid we brought him in this young man we brought him in we got him connected we mm -hmm. supported that we helped him and now he's finished his high set right mm -hmm. so what he thought he couldn't do we were a part of yeah. helping him do and that's what's really important about this program and um, talking about what's important about the program uh, what, what do you consider that people most misunderstand about the program I think that <clears throat> I think that people so I had a conversation with someone and they said, you know, 
there's always programs to help, help opportunity youth, but there's never programs to help smart kids. And I had to think about that for a minute. And then, and I kind of came back to them. I said, you know what? Because smart kids are resilient. And I don't mean to say that smart kids don't need help, because they do. But smart kids kind of have it figured out, right? Um, if someone helps them or not, they pretty much, they understand it. They're, they're going to be on this pathway, right? My brother was not the smart kid. So if this had been a program when he was younger, this would have been the perfect program for him. I... Maybe not the smartest kid, but I was smart enough to know what I wanted to do. So I was very focused on, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do this. My brother, not so much, right? So had there been a program that could support him to say, it's okay mm -hmm. that you want to go in construction. It's okay that you don't want to go to college and you don't want to get a degree. I think that that's what people think that they miss, that we're not pushing students to be all that they can be. And that we're just this program that's giving people a lot of stuff. We are giving them stuff because they need it. They need a career navigator talking to them every week. They need a Freddie who's been through the program who can say to them, hey, I've been in this program. Let me tell you how you navigate this, right? They need someone that they can talk to. And so that's what people don't really understand. That this program is more about, it's more than just we gave somebody $100. Right. Right? We gave them $100, but why did we give them that $100? We gave them $100 because they never thought they were going to finish high set. Mm -hmm. And we want to say, we are proud of you and, we're, and we congratulate you. So we're going to incentivize you to do that. So I think that's what people miss about this program. They, don't, they, don't, they see what you give away, but they don't get to see the other part of it. When students come in and they say, I failed high set, what do I do? And we got to walk them through that, right? Exactly. We got to walk them through that process. Yeah. So, yeah. And now um, I'm shifting gears here a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about personal academic barriers, right? Um, we know that uh, there's a lot of challenges that come with, you know, going into college and pursuing different careers or different uh, titles possibly. Um, so I want to start off this uh, portion of the podcast by asking, what's one of the things that going into college um, that you didn't expect? I didn't expect that I was going to fail. And I didn't expect that I was going to fail more than once. And I tell students this. When I worked for Job Corps, I used to tell students this all the time because students are hard on themselves. And people assume that because you fail at something that you're never going to get it right, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say this. I was disqualified from college, I think, three times. Wow. That means you don't even have a D average. It's like, goodbye. Um, community college saved my life. Because every time I was disqualified, I had to go to community college. So I went to Santa Monica Community College, and I went to West Los Angeles Community College. But those saved me because it gave me an opportunity to get it right, right? Um, but it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And the thing about going to college is it's all about you. It's self-motivating. So this is the other thing that I tell people. You are in high school, and someone tells you all the classes that you're going to take all year for the, mm -hmm. for the last three years, right? What time to get up, what time to go to bed, the bell rings, what time to go to class. And then when people get to college, we automatically assume they can do this all on their own. They can pick their classes. They know what they want to be. They know how to get there, and they don't. And so we don't have a mechanism or a structure in place to support those students when they get there. Um, that says, hey, okay, we know that you don't know, so let us help you, right? We assume that, we say when somebody's 18, they're grown. I was not an adult when I was 18. I was adult legally, but mentally, I wasn't ready right. to be an adult. I was still trying to figure it out. There's still things that I didn't know, and I had been taking care of myself for so long, maneuvering and, and, and trying to get it right. And so, yeah, I... Um, I failed, and I didn't expect to fail. I had been on the state-identified gifted list. I thought I was, I got this. I'm, it's going to be great. 
It was not great. Let me tell you, <laughs> biology kicked me in the in college. I was like, oh, this is not the biology that I had. Um, astronomy at eight o'clock in the morning when you're Ooh. tired, right? Um, and the man turns off the lights and all the stars are on. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wake. When I'd wake up, class would be over. I'd be the only one in the thing, right? You're in. You you become a number. You're in a room with a hundred people. The the teacher doesn't necessarily know your name, right? So that was difficult for me. That was very difficult for me. Um, just trying to figure it out. And so yeah, I am not ashamed that I I was disqualified because I think it made me who I am, and it's made me become tougher and persevere more, right? So that's what I would say to anybody. It's okay if you fail doesn't mean you're a failure and it doesn't mean you're never going to get it right. Definitely, definitely. And what were some underrated tools that were maybe indispensable for you um, to go through college? What, what were some uh, tools that you used throughout that time? Um, I know you mentioned EOPS. I used EOPS. So when you graduate from high school, you're supposed to take the SAT. I vividly remember I had not taken the SATs, right? Um, but EOPS put me in San Jose State. Um, so I had to take the SAT while I was there. Hmm. And I didn't take it as serious because I'm like, I'm already here. You know, right. what are you going to do? You're not going to let me stay. But then there's other things that I didn't know. Like to graduate, you have to take a writing exam. And because I didn't really take advantage of going to talk to a counselor, finding a mentor, finding someone who could help me through the process, um, I went and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm finished and I'm going to graduate. And they're like, oh, by the way, you haven't taken your writing exam. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take it. And it was like, well, you need to take it next week because it's the last time. And if you don't take it, you can't walk the stage. Wow. And I'm like, what? Um, and I go to take it. And let me tell you, the question was, um, what is it like to live in middle America? Um, if you had to compare and contrast your life to leave it to Beaver, what would your life be like? First of all. I will never have a life like Leave It to Beaver because I didn't have a mother that was at home every day. I was a latchkey kid, right? I, my mom had to work, so I didn't have that. So you're trying to write this essay about a life that you don't really know anything about. So I think for me, had I really taken advantage of maybe um, reaching out to more people and trying to find mentors there, but I was just so stubborn and I wanted to do it all myself and I was working after school. And so it was just me, right? Just trying to maneuver it um, and figure it out. Mm -hmm. wow. I think that's it. And uh, what would you say that was your favorite part of college? I know we talked a lot about the negative stuff, but what was your favorite part? Oh my God. So <laughs> the first year that I went away to college, I couldn't drive. My mom would not let me take driver's training. She's like, nope, you're not going to get in a car in high school and tear up somebody's car and then they're suing <laughs> me. I'm like, okay. But mom, everybody else can drive. No. So I could drive. I could take the bus all over the city. But when I went away to college, I met a friend and she was like, we're gonna go to San Francisco because San Jose is mm -hmm. up north. She's like, we're gonna go to San Francisco. And I'm like, okay, never been to San Francisco. So I jump in this car with this girl and we go to San Francisco. And then on the way back, it's late and she's tired. And she's like, you need to drive home. And I'm like, uh, I don't know how to drive, right? And she's like, well, you're gonna have to figure it out. <laughs> Wait, what? So wow. we're coming from San Francisco and she has a stick. Oh, and gosh. I probably cost her $400 in damage by the time I got us <laughs> from San Francisco to San Jose because that clutch was gone. Um, but we had to get home, right? So it was just for me meeting people. Um, that is a good thing about college. I really got to meet people, different people, people that I'm friends with to this day. Um, one of my friends from San Jose, her name is Eva Preciado. And her, her parents did not speak English. They spoke Spanish. And so they would call me Stefania. Mm. And so um, she would always say, 
my little Stefania. And so that's, even today, we're as old as we are. She has children. I have a child. Our children have graduated from college. And every time I see her, she says, it's my little Stefania. And so wow. that's, that means a lot to me, right? Because that's my friend for life. I mean, and I don't have to see her every day, but I can call her and we can talk like we were, like we're still sitting in the dorm room talking. So wow. that was, and going to football games. Loved going to the <sighs> football games. That, that college atmosphere for sports is amazing. Yeah, definitely. So I, I would personally recommend getting the ASB card. Yes, getting those yes, discounts, yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, to end off, uh, I know we, we've we've gone uh, ahead of, uh, but I want to finish by asking you this, uh, right? Uh, what is one piece of advice um, that you now would give your past self that you would, seeing where you are now, um, seeing all the success that you've had and everything that you that has brought you here, what would you tell eighteen-year-old Stephanie Lewis? I would tell her, one, it's never going to be easy. Um, it's not going to be easy for a variety of reasons. You are African-American. You are a woman, and people see you differently. Um, I would tell her that it is okay to believe in yourself and to be exactly who you are and don't feel that you have to change to meet somebody else's standards of who you should be. Um, I would tell her that you're going to fail, and it's okay. That is not the end of the world. It's not what defines you. It's not who you are because you fail. And I would tell her to enjoy that life, to enjoy it. Make all the memories you can. Just enjoy it. That's what I would tell her. Wow. Truly inspirational. Um, I think we've, we've both learned a lot. Uh, learned a lot about college and uh, just how to advance um, in one personal's life, right? Um, and so thank you for your time. Thank I know you you're for a very, having me. very busy person, so thank you for making uh, the time to be here. And if you feel like you can uh, qualify to uh, meet, meet any of the requirements, to receive any of the support that uh, we're able to give you, we want to help you. We want to support you. Okay. We want to put that all in your hands, all in front of you to uh, ensure your personal success. So feel free to reach out to us to contact contact us and well we hope to see you uh, next week and our next uh, episode of this Black History Month uh, series that we're doing for our podcast the next uh, guest will be Dr. Shakira Carter so we are super excited uh, for that uh, so again thank you thank you thank and happy you. Black History Month happy Black History it's the Black Resistance that's yeah. just so you know that's the theme for this year it's the Black Resistance definitely <laughs> so we will definitely see you guys uh, next time thank you as much thank you so much for joining us goodbye